Welcome to our latest In The Know podcast, where I'm joined today by one of our Chartered Financial Planners, Nathan Munt, to talk about the value that we deliver as financial advisors to our client. Welcome, Nathan. Morning. How are you? I'm very well, Neil. Thank you. Um, fantastic to be talking to you this morning. I think it's going to be you know, an exciting topic, which we, we are both passionate about. So looking forward to getting stuck into it. Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, this, this thing about value, it's, it's a bit of a vague, vague term because it means so many different things to so many different people. What, what would, if you were asked that question, what value do you deliver as a financial advisor to your clients? Where, where would you give that answer? Yeah, I think that's a, a good place to start. As you said, it's individual to every single person that we we come across and that we work with. Um, having said that, there are going to be universal areas where we address and deliver value. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically, they tend to revolve around the financial benefits. Yeah. So in that instance, you know, that's often where we're looking at how somebody's financial arrangements are held. Can we improve the tax efficiency? Can we look to make savings? Um, how their investments are organized, diversification, all of these things which are standard, we look to deliver for, for any client. But then there's the the softer things, the more personal things, which uh, are more individual to that person. I think those are ones which will differ from client to client. And us as an advisor, it's really important that we get to understand those clients that we work with on a very personal level so that we can identify those those points below the surface. It's interesting. You've brought up a distinction there between the monetary value that we can clearly measure because we can clearly measure can't we what happens with a client's investment portfolio or how much tax we might have saved by suggesting they do certain things and that's a very demonstrable thing but that other elusive bit which is probably from our perspective of more value is how it makes the client feel what it what it allows the client to do with their life um that's much harder to try to to put in words isn't it yeah that's it and you know the the way that that we look at it is it's not really about the money money is just a tool and a means by which to get through life and do the things that you want to do and it's those things that you want to do and those things that you want to achieve your your aspirations your priorities your goals they are what should be at the center of any good financial advice, any good financial plan. Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree with that, that, that it's, it is, money is just a tool. It's a method and means of exchange. Um, and, and so it's what you can exchange it for that really matters. So it's, it's being able to identify what it is that you want to try and do. So it's interesting. I'm sure you've had this. and I know I've had this, that a client has come to me with a particular problem. Um, it might be that they're um, looking to um, retire, for example, um, and they're not sure as to whether they have accumulated enough wealth to be able to lead their their lifestyle. And they come to us with that particular problem, 
but then you talk to them and you discover in actual fact that there's a few other things in the background that might influence what advice we would give. You must have had that situation arise, Nathan, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, especially given the way that people retire now, it's not such a, a linear process. And people often think at this certain date, I have to retire. And then when you have that conversation with them and you go through that process, you start to understand how they feel about retirement. It may be that actually they're apprehensive about stopping on a specific day altogether and having to think, what do I do next? Others may already have really concrete plans, the things that they want to enjoy and spend more time doing. And so that's something else to work with in terms of, well, how now can we look to, to make that a reality? The other thing you get often is, you know, I've had it where clients come to you and they say, well, I have this amount of money sitting in the bank. It's not making any interest. I want you to invest it for me. But that isn't really, you know, a, a good goal to work with because it isn't just about, well, let's find you a better return. It's actually understanding, well, why do you want that money to grow? Is it because you yeah. want to make sure it can... it retains its value in 10 years time so that you can help your grandchildren out or is it that you want to make sure that you have a certain amount of money set aside for some financial security possibly because you're you're concerned about the cost of, of care in later life it could be anything but it's it's really about identifying those priorities and i think it's it's somewhat therapeutic for clients to go through that process where they actually are talking with you and articulating what their goals are and identifying their goals and often the things that conscience consciously they haven't spent too much time really thinking about so i think it is quite a a, a good valuable exercise to go through just having that conversation and as i said identifying what your priorities are it's interesting because I must, I must admit in my experience that when you talk through with a client what their goals and priorities are there are not that many of them that have really thought that one through. I can I can certainly remember speaking to clients in the past where I've asked them to describe me. Well, what does retirement mean for you? And they've struggled a little bit with that in answering that question. Have you found that? Definitely. I mean, all all the time. I think it's something which people haven't thought about too much, or it may be that they've spent too much time comparing what retirement has been like for other people around them and their experiences and so it's it is a case that they haven't spent enough time themselves actually deliberating what they want to do and partly you know the reason can be that they haven't had the time to do that you know work gets in the way of these types of things you spend so much time committed to preparing or saving towards retirement that actually you don't spend time preparing what you will then do next Hmm. And I think where just I just then mentioned time, I think that's another thing just to point out about these these intangible benefits. You know, time is one of our most precious commodities. We don't have enough of it. And do you want to spend so much time trying to understand all the technicalities and everything else that it that is required to then retire, for instance, in that example? Or would you prefer to have that that comfort of going through that exercise with somebody who, while they have technically 
you know, they technically haven't retired. You and I, we are still working. We have at least had that experience of retiring alongside countless clients that we've gone through that process with. Yes, yes. And and we were able to see the mistakes that some have made and, and, and also the successes that quite a number have made of their retirement and, and pursued some of the things that they've really wanted to do, but weren't too sure they could do. But there's, it's interesting, this question of retirement, because I think people very often overestimate what it is they might need in retirement and think, oh, I don't think I can retire. I don't think I can afford to retire. I haven't got enough to retire. Um, but in reality, when you break it down, actually, you can have a very comfortable lifestyle on a very modest volume of assets, providing it's matching your goals and objectives. That's it. Yes, definitely. You know, matching the two is the most important thing, but trying to understand what your number is, you know, how much do you need to accumulate to have enough in retirement? It's not easy to understand straight off off the bat. And Mm. extending that further into retirement, I think that habit can continue because people, again, are so concerned with running out of money in retirement, which you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It, it's good to have those concerns because you want to make sure that you you avoid that situation ever arising. But at the same time, that can also prevent you from enjoying retirement. Some people are so scared of actually spending their money because they think they're going to need it for something else further down the line that they're they're holding back themselves from enjoying certain opportunities or or experiences in retirement. And so that there as well is such a, a key part of what we do is making sure that that people realize what their possibilities are and what what they can achieve yeah it's interesting you mentioned that about people perhaps not enjoying their retirement as much as they they could do for fear of running out of money because i'm i'm fairly certain that there was one of the major charities i think it was age concerned did a survey on that and that survey concluded that people in retirement are not necessarily spending as much as they could be, so they're not they're not um, enjoying themselves as much as they might otherwise have done for fear of running out of money. And this thing about fear is quite is quite interesting, isn't it? Because most a lot of these decisions that people take about their financial circumstances, a lot of it is driven by fear. Would you agree? Yes, I think so. And actually, do, making those decisions based off of you know, whether it is an emotional fear or a different emotion can actually lead to irrational decisions. Yes. And, and so, you know, we're really trying to provide our clients with information so that they can make a, an informed decision, but also a wise decision. And so we're, we're trying to separate, I think, some of those emotional biases which could creep into that decision making so I mean if, if, if I go back to where, I, where we started talking about the the monetary benefits and you know invest investing is is one of them you know that you are wanting to achieve a return that's straightforward enough but actually it's the emotions which can hamper that so if you then bring fear into the equation for instance you know going back to last year when we we saw markets contract severely in in a very short space of time following um you know global lockdowns covid all of that for 
say, inexperienced investors or those who maybe were trying to do it themselves and didn't have the support of an advisor, I would be very confident to say a lot of them would have pulled out of the market. And so that right there is kind of a consequence of fear and it can have a really negative impact in the long term uh, on your own financial success. Yeah, I think one of the things that certainly over the years that I have I have spoke when I talk to clients about this is that I've said that one of the benefits that using an advisor brings is we take the emotion out of the equation that we will look at we will look at it um, dispassionately from the point of view of what are we trying to achieve with those clients assets over time and as a the consequence of that is that we won't react emotionally to a market situation because we know that over time by reacting we could be doing more harm than good that's it and i think you know our our role is never to tell people this is what you have to do and and no. you know that is it but we're there to provide them with maybe a different perspective that they hadn't considered or that they don't know about and to show them the pros and the cons and allow them to weigh up what is ultimately right for them. And so, mm -hmm. as you said, taking out that, that emotional element, trying to do that yourself is very difficult because often you may not even realize that those emotions are distorting your decision-making. Yeah. It, it takes that objective um, assessment from somebody else who can take a step back, separate themselves from the situation to say, you know, what you are planning to do may not yeah. actually be the right thing for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, th I think you're right there, and I think I think it's the, the the thing that too too often it, we advisors can get a bit hung up on on this idea of um, well I've got to demonstrate value by monetary return and and such like when in actual fact the real value is is in helping the client to lead the life they want to lead, but equally giving them that sense of um, security, that sense of peace of mind. Um, and uh, you can't put a number on that, can you? You can't put a figure on that. It's so hard to define. Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, it's interesting actually how we've already in this conversation gone straight to those aspects of the intangible benefits because, you know, it, it's much like if you go to see a doctor because you're, you're unwell, those benefits that you would expect from a doctor to diagnose your your illness or your ailment and to have an understanding of what the the remedies are all of that I think they're very much similar to the financial benefits which for the large part we would say are universal for all clients that we work with and so you know we, we actually haven't spent that much time talking about them because for us I think it, it's almost a given and it's really those intangibles those those additional benefits which are, are much harder to measure but I think are much more important as well to talk about now because that is where clients do ultimately at the end or throughout the journey of going through financial planning with with an advisor you know that's where they really do see that that benefit and themselves experience it at the end of the day it's going to help them sleep better at night it's going to give them peace of mind knowing that everything is okay and i think that that's a really power, powerful thing just to know that you know everything is okay it's interesting you use the analogy of going to see the doctor there because that's one that I think many of us have used over the years that that 
you know, you you if you go to see your doctor and you say to your doctor, look, doctor, I've got a pain in my in my left leg. Um, the doctor will treat you for that pain in your left leg. But if you then also say to him, yes, but I've also, in addition to that, I've also got a pain in my right arm and a pain in my in my ear all the time. He'll treat you totally differently. And I think and I think that's that's the important thing from a financial planning point of view, that we need to really understand how the client has got to where they are, where they would like to get to and what their concerns and worries are. And, and that's that is really the value that we deliver, isn't it, in helping them identify some of these things? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, going back to that doctor analogy, it's something which I'm, I, I know you've, you've said yourself before to me in a previous conversation that if you go to see somebody and you, you have that conversation with them, but they're asking you all of these different types of questions, you know, and not just focusing on that one issue that you've come to them with and they're trying to really understand what the problem is. You come away from that feeling a lot better knowing that that person understands you and that they've spent that time to to really get to grips with what the problem is mm. and it's it's the same here it's it, it is about you know if it is retirement let's say that that is obviously a, a huge thing and we do want to spend a lot of time talking about that but also having that that wider understanding of their past their present their future other circumstances to, to factor in it really enriches that process and it also helps to potentially identify other pitfalls other other priorities, other concerns, whatever it might be, that that at first instance don't appear obvious. So it's having yeah. that that holistic approach is 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 what's important. I think that I think that's really what's partly behind the core of this conversation, isn't it? That that we have to ask ourselves the question of why do people go to see a retire a, a, a financial advisor in the first place? Well, generally it's because they have an issue that they want to be addressed. So they might have, you know, it might be retirement planning, it might be um, mitigating their estate for inheritance tax, it might be tax planning in, in, in general. These are the things that tend to drive people to come to see an advisor. Um, and in many ways, solving those issues is relatively straightforward because they're universal. Mm. But what makes, what makes it different, however, is that everybody is unique. Every client has got to where they are by a different pathway and has a different attitude, different approach, different desire from whatever it is we're looking to. And our job is to try to identify what those are so that they can go away feeling comfortable and secure that, yeah, we've got them. We understand them. We're, we're there to back them up and and and. We will be there for them when that need arises. That's it. And, and I think another thing to add to that, because of, you know, everybody will have that different upbringing, different sets of challenges in their lives um, leading up to the point that, that they, they engage with an advisor. They in turn themselves will also have a different level of financial education. And I think that's a, that's a big thing which influences um, not only your your decision to see an advisor but also your capabilities to, to make the right decisions or the, the, the decisions that are best for you um, you know our, our, our job isn't simply just to as I said earlier give people the answers um, it is really about 
giving them themselves a sense of control over those decisions that they're making. And yes. part of that is enabling them to have, you know, they don't need to know every single ins and outs of investing. They don't need to know every single no. tax wrapper that there might be and, and the various different treatments in terms of uh, how HMRC might tax their investments or their, their financial products. It, but it's about having that, that basic understanding so that they do feel confident to, you know, come back to us with what they think is the right decision. Others may actually feel that over time, they then become self-sufficient and they may not want to engage with an advisor as frequently, which is also great, you know, for them, if they then feel that they, they are able to do that themselves. So I think that's another element that, that it brings to engaging with, with an advisor is you are making sure that you are learning some of these important things that are really necessary yeah, that 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 latter point is very true because they, they clients hopefully would by engaging with an advisor they would learn more about the financial planning process, more about the things that they have put money, in, more about their own attitude towards money actually, and how they see money and and why they react in particular ways to to given situations, and there might come a point in the future when they would be self sufficient, um, and. That's that's great. The only problem there, of course, is that people don't have an awful lot of time to research these things. Whereas we, as a financial planning organisation, we're having to do this as, to deliver the outcomes to our clients. That's it. You know, there there is a lot of time that that is spent and a lot of resources in the background that that goes into. You know, the services that we deliver individually as well. We've also spent time getting qualified, getting trained, working with other clients to get those real life experiences as well, which we can then pass on to clients that we work with and, and trying to do all of that yourself and, and accumulate that that knowledge to put yourself in that position does take a very long time. So, yeah. so it yeah. isn't always practical to kind of do it yourself and, and go it alone. Yeah. I think the other thing, you know, you mentioned yourself um, just then that people will be able to learn how they may behave in certain situations with money and what money means to them, what it represents and potentially unwanted behaviours or habits mm. that they've, they've mm. picked up. And I think, you know, having having somebody to to talk to regularly, having that advisor to work with who understands you, it also means that you have somebody who is excuse me um helping you to remain accountable but not in a not in a bad way but in a no. supportive way in an encouraging way so that you know it may be let's say as simple as savings you know having a good healthy savings habit is really important especially when you're yeah. first starting out in your in yeah. your life uh you're getting your first job you know you want to make sure that you are putting money away for, for yourself in the future mm. but there's going to be other priorities that you, you may have to address. It's also very tempting to want to treat yourself, treat friends, treat family, buy these things uh, that you want immediately to get those quick fixes. And I think, you know, when it comes to investing, it's not a quick, quick overnight success. It's a long term process. And so having having that discipline to save frequently, regularly, saving the right amount is difficult to do. But having somebody there encouraging you and making sure that you are still doing that you know that that is something which which is difficult to, to overcome yourself 
I'm, I'm sure you come across the, the book A Hundred Year Life, Nathan, which talks about the way the, um, the, the people need to be viewing their lives differently. And in there, it does talk about um, decisions people have to take financially between consumption today and consumption tomorrow. Um, and that's really the savings habit, isn't it? That's getting the savings habit right, um, because that then can secure your financial future. Um, so that that's that's quite interesting. But but that goes into behavioural finance and behavioural science, which is really <laughs> not what we're here to talk about today. But the other thing, the other thing I, I, point I was going to make was that in these days of the, the Google society, where you know if we don't know the answer to something, the the first reaction is is that we'll put a question into Google and that pops a series of answers, um, which is which is great. That's fine. That's that's useful. The, the problem, of course, is with that, is that the answers we get are not necessarily set in context of our own circumstances. And surely that's part of the value that we as financial planners can bring to our clients. Yes, I, I think it's um, it's both a huge benefit having Google or whatever it might be there allowing you to get access to information at the touch of a button and to potentially learn certain areas of financial planning, financial advice, and, and to be able to try and do it yourself. But, you know, you see all of the time these chat rooms, these forums where somebody says, you know, this is what I did. It's fantastic. It's worked for me. And it's very tempting to think, well, that if that applies to them, it applies to me. But as you said, you have to really put it into context, into context with what your situation is. I mean, if we think about investments, for instance, somebody might say, well, I put it into into this particular ISA and I invested it in these funds and it provided me with a fantastic return. But they may not have mentioned the downsides or the risks they took because they're, they're, they're just focusing on the wins that they had, the, the positives. But actually, you know, they may have taken a large amount of risk in terms of yeah. investment risk to actually achieve those returns. And you yourself, yeah. if you have liabilities and things were to go wrong or you had mm. other commitments that you need to meet in the short term with those funds, mm. you need to mm. think about if you can afford to take those risks. And that and that forum isn't going to tell you that. No. And so it's, no. it is dangerous, I think, at the same time to to go online and to take those answers and apply them to yourself of actually thinking about it into the wider context and, and your own personal needs. Yeah, so, so we, we can we can help the client define all of that and also and also share our own experiences of this i'm, I'm very conscious that we've been, been chatting away for quite a while here and and um we want to don't want to bore our audience too much so i'm going to try and wind wind this up a little bit and 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 come back to the start of our conversation really which is where we where we said that value is very much a perception of different people and one of the things that that i came across recently was a survey that um is done annually by a financial institution called Dimensional. Um, and this is a global survey um, of both financial advisory firms and also financial advisory firms' clients. And one of the questions they ask of, of clients is, how do you primarily measure the value that you receive from your advisor? And it's quite interesting that the five, the top five responses were investment returns, progress towards my goals, a sense of security or peace of mind, the actual monetary value of my, my assets, and the knowledge that the advisor has of my own personal circumstances. 
And of those five top five responses, the one that got the most was sense of security or peace of mind that was rated by most people as being the most important. 41% of respondents put that as being the most important thing when it came to the value of using their advisor. And that's really what we're about, isn't it? Yes. I mean, if you had to sum it up in, in one sentence, I think that's the best way to put it. And I think the only final thing that I would probably add to that is if you ask the client the same question, or sorry, if you ask somebody, I should say in general, who that question, who had never engaged with an advisor before, my instinct would be that they probably would prioritise investment returns or, I agree. or something I agree. monetary first. But if you speak yeah. to a client who has gone yeah. through the process, who has an advisor and has really experienced the benefit, that is where they would come up with that answer and say it's that peace of mind, it's that security. And it's, it's not until you've experienced it that you really realise just how valuable it can be. It's such an intangible thing, the value that a good financial planner can deliver to a client. And you're right. I think I think people who have engaged with financial planners would recognise that sense of security and peace of mind as being the most valuable thing. Um, whereas, yes, yeah, somebody new to it might use the monetary value because it's, it's an easy value to return to refer to, isn't it? It's something that's tangible, whereas both you and I know through experience that it's the intangible things that make the difference. Yeah, 100 percent. And once you've actually experienced it, you know yourself, you actually get that sense of security. You, you can really understand how beneficial it is. And I think, if anything, that's the message that we, we really want to, to promote, not just for ourselves, but for the industry in general, which is this is the, the benefit and the result of the hard work of countless financial planners out there <clears throat> and, and how that they, they are, you know, benefiting so many lives and and giving people that peace of mind that security and in turn you know that that unlocks more time and more freedom for those clients to to pursue other things enjoy other things in life rather than getting caught up and and bogged down in in unnecessary worries and fears Nathan I think I think this has been a fantastic conversation this morning thank you so much for giving up giving up your time um to our, to our audience, um, I have no idea how many of you are listening to this particular recording. I hope you have found it interesting to hear some of our own internal conversations that go on about the value that we are delivering to our clients and hope that some of those things do resonate with you. And we look forward to you coming along and listening to our future podcast. So thank you very much for listening.